Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hey. Hello. Man, how's it going? It's going uh, pretty good. I just kicked a bunch of people out of my room so I could start recording and not have any uh, background interruptions, but they have come over to play Smash, to play as Banjo, and for me to destroy them, uh, and I'm excited. Have you have you been doing that adequately? Uh, you know, here and there. I played yeah. a couple matches with them. Spoiler alert, but Banjo uh, is out today on Smash Bros. Uh, we'll get to that in uh, a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I was so I was so excited. I did not expect him to be out today. Uh, and yeah. I was so amped up on the announcement and then like the the whole presentation on this i was like all right squad we gotta we gotta play right now and it wasn't a nightmare to download him yeah it has been the past two characters so it was great i i i put the game in my switch and it downloaded right away so yeah and oh my gosh the music the new remixes it's stupid I could just literally put them on repeat and just listen to them. And I have. And I will. So, uh, Marianne was too busy to join us tonight. But I I did mention last week, uh, Seth, that we're going, that we went to, at least the plan was for us to go to Galaxy's Edge, uh, the new Star Wars part of Hollywood Studios and Disney World. Mm -hmm. Uh, Disneyland, it's already open. And, man, is this like... AR thing super cool. Yeah. <laughs> it um so basically it transforms your phone into a data pad uh from Star Wars. So you can like scan objects and hack them and do these little puzzles and stuff and it actually affects the in world like real real life world. Mm-hmm. Like it'll turn machines on and it'll make like little effects happen and Ah. stuff like that it gets you money and um there's actually you can choose like sides so it's there's a little bit of a morality play there so you can do stuff for the first order or for the resistance Mm. and so it's like uh ingress inside of the park yeah and so it actually i don't know how this happens man and i don't i don't understand how this works but it feeds that information to like stormtroopers and stuff. So they can kind of figure out who's doing stuff mm-hmm. and like they can kind of accost you about it. Not like, you know, they're not being like yeah. hyper aggressive. They but. probably know because while you're quote unquote hacking with your terminal, they're actually hacking your information to figure well, out who you are. I mean, yes, if you want to look at it that way. Yep. Probably, but it's, uh, it's really cool. It was really fun. You know, we, we did everything. The, uh, part of what I played this week is actually going to be that because the ride, the new ride in the star Wars part is called, uh, the millennium Falcon smugglers run. And it is straight up a video game, man. It is, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so ridiculous how, like there's you know there's rides like Buzz Lightyear and Men in Black and stuff where you shoot at targets. Yep. And everything. I'm not good but, at them. Yeah. But this ride the you control the ride on another level. Like so I was flying it 
and I got to pull the uh, lever to put the Millennium Falcon into uh, like hyperdrive or my brain is blanking light speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the flight that I did, because the, the, the pilot on the left controls if you go left or right and the pilot on the right controls up and down. And like I crashed it on accident once. Mm-hmm. And the other time I didn't hit the brakes fast enough and we crashed. Um, Marianne was, I think she was in a gunner. And so she just pushed the shooting buttons and a couple did, other things. Did she get cocky? <laughs> no, probably oh, not. She good. was probably really nervous. That's good. Yeah. Um, Don't want to get cocky. The, yeah. And the the engineers, like, they had buttons to push when we crashed and stuff like that. It was, it's really cool and highly, highly interactive. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was really interesting to me. I, I really thought about in the park how video game inspired this is because the ride changes based on how well you do and you can fail it. Hmm. So it essentially is this small, like, just experience that is straight up <laughs> has to be inspired by video games because all these inputs and stuff like that and yeah um, did you try the konami code no that well there's no way to do that i mean it would have been cool but no i didn't get to Mm. there there's no like actual controllers man uh but i thought you could go up and down and the other person could go left and right and (laughs) they're engineers pressing buttons we we didn't coordinate that much no (laughs) Uh, Someone's going to, and then and, yeah. then and then we'll learn what so, the real game is. It was, it was it was really interesting. I've heard from some people that the ride is longer if you do better, mm-hmm. of course, and it's just really interesting. All of the outcomes I've seen and heard, like people, it's been different every every account I've heard hmm. from people. So it's it's interesting. I'm, yeah, it sounds cool. I'm really excited for more people to experience it, and I'm excited to ride it more myself because it's going to be different every time. Because even if you do everything perfectly, there's no guarantee that the other five people in the cockpit are going to. That's true. You know, unless be able you to... bring in a bunch of clones, and you also are connected via a hive mind. Yeah, that's... then <laughs> you could make sure everyone is pulling their fair share. Yeah. So. It's, but I don't know that we have that technology yet. Not yet. We're getting there. Though I also Slowly. don't know that we don't have it. So, you know, we'll learn. It's probably the, the same people will do the Konami code. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was really fun and neat. So it, it was just really neat seeing a video game be brought into a park like that. I kind of hope that more theme parks do stuff like that. Maybe not everything because I don't want everything to be screens, but you know, it was, it's a really neat experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also, I want to, I have more feelings about fire emblem, but I feel like we've talked about fire emblem a lot, but I do have new feelings about it. Seth. It is three games. So, yeah. So I've played fire emblem. I don't want to talk too much about it. Um, but I realized what was making me not enjoy the game as much as I was going to the monastery too much to talk to people. And my overwhelming need to get rid of speech bubbles 
really slowed the game down too much for me. And I like the combat and everything else about the game and the teaching and figuring out those stats. So I basically started focusing on that and I hit a real groove and I'm actually, I'm in chapter 16. So I'm getting pretty close to the end of the game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, the game's really clicked for me now and I'm really excited to keep playing, but yeah, the, the going to the monastery wasn't doing it for me. I like the support conversations and I like, to talk to characters, but I was, I think I just was doing it too much. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I found that in the latter half of the game, I went to the monastery as much as possible because it's the only way to directly increase, uh, Byleth's stats, like his, uh, his mm-hmm. skill and, and different, his proficiencies or what they called in the different weapons and stuff. And it's the, using the, um, the the eating the the meals with the students is the most effective way of increasing their um Support. energy energy bars basically which allow you to oh, okay. to teach them more to like increase their stats more during uh lessons at the end of each week um yeah so i for me it it was weird cuz it because it it didn't feel as interactive because you're just doing, I was just kind of doing stuff um, on autopilot basically. Like I wasn't in the first half you, you are exploring the monastery, like kind of genuinely to talk to people and figure out what's going on. Uh, in the latter half, you're just kind of, you just kind of use it in, as a way to min max your different students growths and the growths of Byleth, depending on what like classes you want to use them in. But um, I felt that there you got there were diminishing returns basically from doing the other stuff, like even the battles um, outside of story uh, paralogs with stories in them. I didn't do many of the battles just because um, I didn't really need the experience boosts, and um, it's e- there are other ways to increase support between characters. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting that you feel the opposite about it. Yeah, and I think the game does a good job of lending itself to multiple different multiple means different, but like different play styles. So it it gives you the ways to do that. And honestly, all my characters, my Byleth is so overpowered as is at this point in the game. Yeah. That I don't feel the compulsive need to up his stats and if I do I just usually choose a seminar with something but you know I'm I'm still enjoying the game I, I'm getting the story out of the way Dimitri is something else in this late half yeah I, I'm, it gets kind of crazy I'm learning how to deal with it uh, some of my favorite characters have become a little interesting yeah and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm rolling with the punches. I don't want to talk too much about it because some of it's spoilers, but one of my favorite characters uh, is much different right now in the status of their actual existence, mm. I think. Haven't, haven't completely 
verified that yet, but pretty sure. Hmm. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, how do you feel about the new looks like the adult versions, what they look like? Well, adults, that's not that far, but yeah. So some of them look different and cool. Other ones look exactly the same. And that, is kind of a weird thing for me. Like, I feel like Dorothea looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ash looks exactly the same almost. Sylvain kind of has an interesting look because he looks the same, but his hair is just different enough. Yeah. Uh, and he's got this awesome teal and red armor combo going on. Oh, yeah. The teal armor. Yeah, I did notice that. You know me. I love teal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like Dimitri's look. Now, yeah. he just got... He just got this new armor or something from uh, Rodrigue, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you experienced that at all because you, you know, didn't play as Blue Lions. But um, so that just happened for me. And yeah, I like them. I, I think that the difference is noticeable enough in some of the characters. Mm. I, I'm i wondering, you mentioned last week, I haven't noticed anything special with Felix and I'm wondering if maybe I didn't choose the right class for him. <laughs> you Ooh. said he gets a special Oh, um look. so like you'll notice that each so each of the characters um when they are when you're in the first half they all are wearing just like school uniforms and so their yeah. their looks when they change classes they're just wearing like whatever the the look of that class is. Uh right. it's mostly the same in the second half. But there are some characters that have, um, like, the way they look outside of battle, um, the characters have specific classes that also have that look. Um, so, like, we talked about Sylvain. Um, when he's on, when he is a, like, a paladin or a cavalier, um, he will look in battle the same as he does outside of battle. Okay. But if he's um, a different class, then he will have the whatever the standard look of that class is. Gotcha, gotcha. And for for Felix, it's Swordmaster. Yeah, he looks so dope as a Swordmaster. Yeah, That's actually one of the reasons that I didn't like the Master classes, like the highest level of class that much, is because they, like none of them, you can use their unique looks for them. And you have to be like disciplined in multiple types of combat. Yeah which some of them are not. Mm-hmm. So it's becoming a little bit of a, I'm like, oh, this is going to get tiresome. Yeah. I've actually, so. I, I watched a video on these, on, on all the master classes, and in a lot of cases, um, it's not, like, it's not, um, it's not bad to do it for the characters, but the benefits aren't really that great. Like, they aren't what you would think they were, for how much work it goes work goes into getting those classes. Yeah. Um like Felix his the only the only master class that ha- that uses swords is called Mortal Savant and it's cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's not necessarily better than Swordmaster for Felix and Swordmaster has some exclusive skills that might even make it better. So, I mean, it'll just depend on what you do, what you want to do. Um and uh, the video I watched also went into, like, the stat growths, which, you know, I kind of zoned out on. Um, yeah, but it, <laughs> all, it also yeah, depends. Yeah, deep stuff. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm super into 
these also the exclusive classes because uh, I remember I complained to you while we were playing Apex Legends this week. That's also what I played. Uh, I complained to you that I didn't like the way Byleth looked yeah. after the jump and, mm. or it was right before and then after. And I've changed my mind about that. I really like it. But it hmm. that's weird. It took it took me a little bit to get used to it. Yeah. Cuz it it's definitely a different look. Yeah, Byleth's um, got he's got a good look um just normally, but like I thought it was cool and especially I had had him um I hadn't I wasn't using him as his normal class. Uh, like I had had him as something else. So when he got that, I was like, "Oh, that's dope." Um, and that's what I ended the like. I ended the game with him in that class. I went back and and did other things. Um, it's sort of weird because the way the the way it's so easy to change classes. Um, it makes me when I was playing. It made me want to like content compulsively change them once they had mastered one class, even if I preferred them at a different class like i would just change them because i had the opportunity opportunity to do it um so it's weird it's almost it's hard to say that there are too many choices um but i'm also saying there's probably there's probably too many choices yeah but you know i understand why they did it it allows you to individualize your characters in a way you have not been able to in other fire emblems that's maybe For that's sure. what I'll do when I next time I play it. I will spec spec characters for like the exact opposite of the stuff that they're good at. See how it works. Yeah, um, I I looked at the like DLC thing and the the harder difficulty is coming in like the second or third DLC pack. Um, I don't know if I'll play any of the DLC for this game to be honest, uh, just because there's so much stuff coming out. But it's, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, um, it'll be a tough sell. But because I, the I, the story DLC isn't coming until the fourth pack, and that's next year. Okay, well then, so you know, by that time, maybe I'll have gotten through it, and I think that's good because um, that'll give you a reason to sort of jump back in for people who buy it. I still am on the fence, but I am interested to see what they do with the cool story stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, that's that's all I played. I bought Astral Chain and the Yu-Gi-Oh game for Switch, but I have not put them in because I want to finish uh, finish Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. I also played, uh, you know, Apex with Seth. Yep. Uh, we, we were going to play Borderlands, but we're getting so close to Borderlands 3 now that I don't yeah. know if we should. I almost don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know that it's I... worth it to, like start it i mean it would be interesting because it would give us an immediate comparison for when borderlands 3 comes out but i also yeah, yeah. don't know that i want that yeah you know? we we can we should just look up the story beats because yeah. it it does lead up to borderlands 3 but yeah i don't know if i want to put myself through yeah. that especially when uh gears is dropping this friday yeah so it's it's weird like borderlands 2 i mostly think it still holds up um but it still it does feel like a game that came out in what year did that come out? Like, I mean, I'll tell you, it definitely holds up better like than that. Borderlands One did. That's true. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I don't know if that's Borderlands One's fault or the port, but yeah, um, and it's just like you know. I I get it's cool that there's new stuff in it, and I don't know, maybe I'll come around to playing it, but 
I don't know. There are new games that are out that are mechanically um, more, uh, I don't know, they they feel more in line with games that come out today rather than what Borderlands does. Because mm. it would be so hard going from playing Apex to trying to play Borderlands. Yeah, for real. And a lot of that has to do with momentum in the games are different on purpose, but like... Apex feels like a shooting a shooter that has come out recently, while Borderlands feels like a game that came out when it did. So hopefully, I'm hopeful that the new one does feel like, like it does feel like a proper 2019 release and not Borderlands Two Part Two. But we'll see. We'll see next yeah. week, even. Um. So what did you play this week, Seth? Because I usually I have a good. Uh grasp on what you have played because we talk about it but it's i haven't talked to you about this week yeah uh so yeah i pl- i've been playing apex i've jumped back into it whole hog um i've been <laughs> i've so actually good, been man. been doing a lot of the challenges for the season pass which is very fun even though i have not bought the season pass um i'm still on the fence about whether i want to do it because there's definitely stuff in it that i want but i don't know um there's a they just put out a new like a new little mini uh scenario slash update there's a new mode that's shoddy snipers and you have no shields and it's i i thought it was fun you didn't seem to like it as much when we played last night i i liked it i was just getting real frustrated with some of the scenarios we ended up in yeah and i i i liked it a lot i just we kept getting bad drops and it was frustrating i think the fact like the way that it restricts the weapons and the lack of available armor, um, it kind of exacerbates what is the probably the most annoying thing about the game, and I guess in Battle Royales in general, is that generally if a squad sees you before you see them, you're always going to lose that engagement. Like, yeah. you very rarely will come out on top against a bunch of people who started shooting at you first. Um, and so, like, without the the kind of cover of having the armor to help you survive longer. Um, and because since it's a lot of our long range weapons, you're going to get shot from far away. Um, when people see you first, like there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, and so I don't know, I still find it fun because I think the first game, the first game that I played, I absolutely was wrecking people. And so maybe like that's, Whenever when I think about it, I'm thinking of that first experience with it. But yeah, Apex still super fun. I'm still enjoying it. Um, it was it, it was probably good that I had all that time off from playing it <laughs> because now yeah. I can come back and enjoy it again. Um, which was the big problem when season one dropped um, that I was just kind of burnt out. Um, I've been playing also. I mean, I've been playing some other small games. Like I've been continuing to play. Um, shoot, I can't remember the name. Uh, Slay the Spire. Um, man, it, it's so satisfying when you get to a boss in that game and you just absolutely melt them because of all the way you're like the way you built your deck and how all the cards like combo into each other. Um, super satisfying. Um, mm. you you definitely got to get on that. Um, and I actually I started to play a little bit of Below. Um, the Cappy Games, 
that had such a long development uh and that was it was this big thing that microsoft hyped up when they announced it and they kind of disappeared um and unfortunately it did not hold my attention um so i stopped playing that which is kind of a bummer because i remember being super excited about that and so those are just some small stuff but the meat of what i've been playing since last week is shadow of the tomb raider uh, oh really the third installment in crystal dynamics possibly tomb final. raider uh reboot series um possibly final uh we'll talk about that in a little bit um <laughs> so it's prob uh shadow of the tomb raider um it takes place in the jungles of peru um you're you are of course, trying to stop an evil organization from destroying slash taking over the world. Um, interesting, the, the twist in this one is that the end of the world in this case is caused by Lara. Um, like she, hmm. in the guise of, uh, she was ostensibly trying to keep uh, a dangerous artifact from the evil organization Trinity, but when she took it it uh set in motion what is supposed to be the apocalypse um and so there's this interesting like the whole interesting theme like sort of interesting it got kind of old actually um throughout the game is that um while laura is supposedly fighting the bad guys all of the bad stuff is that is happening is basically her fault um and i guess there's a kind of uh, there's definitely a, a a a sort of string in there about colonization because you're this white British lady going into um this untouched sort of untouched uh civilization in Peru, mm. um, and the guy you're up against is an infinitely more interesting character than Lara because he's a native of that place who, um left and was manipulated by this evil, evil organization trinity um but he he's he rose to become the head of that organization and is basically doing what he's doing because of uh in his past his interaction with people from the outside caused his best fr- his no his brother to be killed um and <laughs> this so, is a real far cry type situation yeah um sort of i i think it handles it with probably a little more elegance than far cry would because <laughs> okay. far cry is more of a a blunt force when it comes to these things um and this one it does try to give you a good um it 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 does a good job of fleshing out amaru who is the main antagonist um and like why he's doing what he is doing and like his whole his whole mission is basically um, well, it's not great that he is trying to use this godly power to reshape the world and basically become this all-powerful deity. Like, his reasons are to basically protect his this civilization that he grew up in from the white people on the outside, basically, that are coming and destroy everything in their path, as they have in real life in, in South America. Um 
so it's interesting um how how those things sort of clash um it did it's i think it's honestly the weakest of the tomb raider trilogy um it probably plays uh the most um like it has the the best controls because they've figured out like the way they want it to do um and there's some interesting um some enjoyable rather uh additions to like the traversal mechanics um but it was just kind of i don't know what the cool the cool thing about the original metroid i mean metroid uh tomb raider is that it was <laughs> it was like a metroidvania type game that's why i was thinking of metroid because yeah like it had the the similar structure as metroid where you you would get to an area um and there would be a bunch of pads that are blocked up that are like you can see them um and but you have no way of accessing them until you go through go through the story um and you get new upgrades and then you'll come back and be like oh i can use this to go there and that opens up new areas like it expands areas that you've already been to um it had this cool like um interesting backtracking in it that opened up areas um and and allowed you to to get to places and see and and see stuff from from different vantage points uh and it's and it was really cool and this game doesn't really have much of that at all um like it's it's pretty linear um the the first two were linear and that they did or they they found organic ways to bring you back to locations where you had new gear to access new stuff um this one um the way it works is you will find like a hub area and then you'll go off into um these sort of for lack of a better word dungeons like they're just these um linear expeditions that you go out of the hub area that kind of loop back into the hub area um but nothing really ever changes in these these two i guess two two or three little hub areas that you're in um and it's just kind of a bummer because uh you'll you'll come back and there's not really anything to do um like the way i play the games at least is that i'll get to a place uh and try and, and go off and find like everything that i can um all the the hidden stuff and then you go and do the actual story uh and in the previous games even after you had collected everything you were able to you'd come back with access to a new area and there'd be new stuff to collect but in this one you come back and the area hasn't really changed at all um there is some as you go along there is is some growth and and expansion of your arsenal um but those don't really it's not like you're opening up new ways of traversal it's just kind of you will find something that will open up like a hidden room that you you're able to break down a barricade and get some i don't know like maybe a collectible or more often just like resources that you can craft collectibles with um and so it's i don't know it it disappointed me in that um so it was kind of a bummer. I mean, it's still a fun game to play because, like, the controls are super tight. Um, 
and the locales that you go through are really cool. Um, unlike, also unlike the first one, and I guess the second one, the first one had a bunch of different, um, biomes, basically, like, different areas that you would go would have, um, their own unique aesthetic, um, so you, like, you, on the first one, you crash on this island, and you, but you, there would also be, like, this snow area this like winter area when you're on top of the uh on top of these mountains and there's these um there's this one like shanty town that you go to that's all rusty and it looks like straight out of borderlands one um there's just typical jungle that you're going through there's these japanese um fortresses that you'll go through so there are a bunch of different places with with a sort of different feel um the second one the you toggled you not toggled, but you um, transitioned from like two, from what I recall, these two main areas of um, one was like this. You're in Siberia, so you're in this this snowy area, like this wintry, um, this military compound, and then you transition to this the hidden city, which is uh, has kind of a subtropical climate. Um, so there's this uh, big shift uh, when you get to those, even though there aren't a whole lot more um, changes in that. Um, but in this one, it, it mostly stays the same, like visually and like the color palette. Uh, it's pretty consistent that all the stuff is, it is what it is throughout the whole game. Um, which is, I know, I know it's, you know, it, it's not as, I don't know. It's just not what I wanted. Like it's another thing. It's, it's just a little disappointing. Like it's a little bit of a downgrade from the previous ones um and also one I mean, funny I thing the second one was a downgrade from the first yeah one, so in in terms of variety the second one certainly was um and the the it was really funny when i got to the ending sequence i tweeted about this um the like the way it's it's almost a sort of mirror image of the ending sequence from rise of the tomb raider except whereas oh gosh um and rise of the tomb raider you are in like a frozen city stuck in an iceberg um in shadow you're in like this flight city that's on fire inside of a, an active volcano um but outside of that like it's the same thing like you're still uh rushing through this crumbling um like rooftops of this cityscape um while these these um this cr- these creatures um are all around you and and causing havoc against the trinity operatives um it was just weird cuz the way that those there was a sort of mirror effect in in those two um so it's i don't know it i remember like seeing previews for this game and thinking all of this stuff about it from the stuff that i saw like see thinking that yeah it didn't seem like as diverse it didn't seem as um like i don't know visually uh intriguing um and all that stuff kind of kind of bore out i'm glad that i didn't ever i I didn't buy the game i only played it because it was on game pass and because i wanted to see the way that they ended lara's story um which was okay um, it kind of ends with 
the evil organization basically destroyed, which is, um, which is why it's a way to win. Yeah, I mean, it's it's why people are thinking that this is probably the end, and it probably is because uh, Crystal Dynamics has moved on to make uh, they're working on Avengers, um, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, the, they are the ones working on that. And also, there's I rem- I had remembered this. Um, there's a little bit of controversy. Um, I only found this because I was looking up. There's this at the very end after the credits. There's this little sequence of Laura in the study at her house, and there are a bunch of like objects from the the previous games, like along the walls. And so I like I wanted to I, I Google like Easter eggs in the tomb in Shadow of Tomb Raider ending because I wanted to make sure all the stuff that I was looking at was what I remembered it. Um, yeah. But I found this article, and I when I read it, I remembered it happening. There, there was a originally a different ending to the game that they like left in, that it was in the the original version of I the game, this, yeah. and and then there was like a day one patch that changed the ending, uh, and so yeah, there is that. this other ending, but no one was supposed to ever see it until someone played it, played an unupdated version that I guess they didn't connect to the internet. Um, and it has Laura receiving a letter from this person who is like the major antagonist of the original Tomb Raider games. Um, and so like you see that and it would tie like you would if you'd see that you'd think, OK, so this is where they're going for the rest of the story. But then they got rid of that, uh, presumably because they've decided they're not going to make any anymore. Um, yeah. But there is so there is there certainly must have been an idea for a continue continuation of the storyline. Um, but who knows if they will do it. Um, all in all, I think they are good games, like the whole trilogy. Um, I, I think of the first one, the fondest, um, just because I think it had the best setting. Um, and I really enjoyed the way it had like this, it had a very large cast of characters. Um, whereas it, it, the subsequent games really pared down the main characters to Lara and her friend Jonah. And then there would be like one person who is an important, who has an important role in the environment that they're working in. Um, so there's basically three people, uh, and then ancillary characters and then the villain. Uh, whereas in the, in the first game, there were a bunch of characters. Um, and, I don't know that I would say the villain in the first one was the best, but he was certainly, I think he's probably more memorable than the other ones because he was like this insane dude. Um, I don't know, but it's a good game. If you, if you have played the previous ones, um, it, you'll probably like the, the, the final one. Uh, and I think anyone would like it, but if you haven't played the other ones, you'd probably be kind of lost as to what's going on. Um, and, you know, why this this woman has decided to like destroy civilization for no reason. Um, I don't know. It's a good, I had a good time. Um, but I kind of near the end of it, I was sort of just playing to finish it. There's this one weird part, um, that I don't know if there was this weird, like time skip that happened, but I kind of zoned out while playing during this cutscene Cause, and there was like this, she was in this huge disaster area. And then when I, um, when I came, when I focused back in, she was in somewhere completely different with her partner 
who I thought had gotten captured, and I was like, wait a minute, I missed something, because she was not in this situation the last time I was paying attention. Um, I don't think it was important, but it was just, it was a weird, like, glitch in my brain uh, that I don't know what happened. There was actually some interesting potential, I think, at the beginning of this one, because, um, like, the whole thing is that she took this dagger from this temple... And it set off this apocalypse, which is supposed to be, like, in four stages. The first is this flood, and then a big storm, and then an earthquake, and then the volcano erupts. Um, You immediately encounter that flood, and it's this really cool sequence that is a lot like a disaster movie. Um, And you're just, like, seeing the wreckage of this town uh, around you. And it was really cool, and, and, and one of the more engaging parts of um, the game... Um, the storm happens in a cutscene, and you can't really do anything about it. And it's also handled weird because, like, the game opens on the storm, and then it flashes back to two days ago. Um, so and so it it didn't have as much, but then you also get to experience the earthquake. Um, I think it was the earthquake, which was equally devastating. Um, actually, that might have been something else. I don't know, but there were these cool sequences that were, like, very, um, they they were, like, disaster movie-esque, and I really, like, the way they started off the game, like, I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool, like, we're actually going to go in these environments and watch them get destroyed because of, like, the stuff that, because of what Lara has done, and it's gonna feel like you're racing against the clock before the world ends, but you you don't really, uh, it doesn't really bear out in, in the game, and the volcano you don't really experience that much at all like you run through the city while the volcano is about to erupt um but uh there's not really any damage that you see happens um so that yeah. was another bit of disappointment for me uh but i did not this doesn't say the whole game was disappointing i did enjoy it all right i mean that's it's <laughs> it definitely sounds like um what I thought it would be, which is why I didn't play it. So yeah, I, I mainly I loved the first one, but I feel I I could tell in the second one that it was wearing thin because they did mm-hmm. little to change gameplay, and it seems like they also yeah. did not change the gameplay in the third one at all. Yeah. So from what I remember, the second one like did add some new traversal stuff, um, but yeah, they they definitely. They pulled out all the stops in the first one, and then there might have been not not super far to go. Because that was, like, the cool... It, it worked organically in the first one, because Lara was just this, dumped on this island and had to figure out how to do stuff and how to survive. But um, And that's why it made sense that she was learning all this new stuff. Um, so I guess, like, narratively, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in previous games for her to continue learning all this new stuff, because she's a seasoned... Uh, explorer like she knows how to she just she's learned how to do it and she's been doing it a while um but it it, it's weird because that was also like one of the hooks of the original game was the way that it opened up the world before you as you as you grew as a character yeah uh definitely so uh, with that, we're before we hand to our break, we're going to do the usual. Uh, you can follow us at Suplex of Sticks on all social media, and you can support us at patreon.com slash suplexofsticks, 
All of those links are in our show notes uh, where you can follow us on uh, whatever podcasting platform and or social media. It's all down there. Uh, if you swipe up or click the three little dots on whatever you're using to listen, we're there. Uh, tell all your friends about us. That's the best way to get a podcast out there, and we appreciate it when you do. Um, and also tell us and your friends to join our Discord to talk to us about games and all that good stuff. We were in there talking about the direct that happened today. Oh, yeah. It was fun. We're freaking out. Yeah. So it it was good. Um, we will be back after a minute. See you soon. And we're back. Thanks for waiting that out. We we took a minute to gather our thoughts and come down from the the Tomb Raider review, which uh, honestly I zoned out a little, but you were saying everything I agreed with. <laughs> Uh, so hey, I zoned out during the game. <laughs> it was so, yeah, it was it was nothing I I didn't had, agree with. You got you got a micro version of my experience. Yeah, uh, but let's let's talk about this news because there there was actually it was kind of a sparse week, but there is some cool interesting news. Um, yep. So today, uh, <laughs> this is a weird piece uh, that Plants vs Zombies Battle for Neighborville, which first got hinted at in a leak a couple months back while you were at camp, Seth. Uh, Yeah, me and Chris talked about it, or Chris and I talked about it a bit, because it was, it seemed like it was going to be a, uh, like it was going to be shown at one of those little post E3 conferences, and then we got nothing. And Uh yeah, it's going to, it's available today. And the Founders Edition is like 30 bucks, and there's free roam maps and social areas, and it looks really interesting. I I will probably get it because I like that game. I like the first and second one a lot, so I, hmm. I'm imagining that the third one will be just as good. I'm hoping it doesn't have too much free-to-play gotcha mechanics, which EA tends to inject yeah, into those EA games. Game. So... Hopefully they keep that to uh, like cosmetics, which they they yeah. did in the previous. Because uh, I don't care about cosmetics as much, which is something I'm learning as I play more games uh, on a level. With I know I'm going to say that, and then every Christmas event's going to happen on Apex and Fortnite, and then I'm going <laughs> to jump into that again. But yeah. you know, um, <laughs> I I've actually done a good job at like not caring too much about that stuff lately. But yeah, it's it's interesting and fun and I'm hoping that it is free to play after the Founders edition is done so that you know it might incentivize Seth to give it a shot or someone cuz it's Maybe. A, I, mean, I don't know. I didn't I didn't the stuff I played from I guess it was the second one. It just it wasn't it wasn't for me. Yeah, it's kind of just a a fun hero shooter. Like it's, you know, like Overwatch kind of. Just might as well play Overwatch. Uh, So we, there's this weird piece of news. Seth might know more about it, uh, about Reggie teaching at a college. Yeah. uh, We've been wondering, I mean, well, some people have been wondering what what our good old friend Reggie Fisame was going to be up to. And um, there was something, like he got honored by... Cornell 
um, his, I don't know, but that's that was his, his alma mater, and we found out today that he is going to be a professor there, uh, teaching classes, which is like, man, can you imagine, like, going to this class, and you walk in, and Reggie Fisame is your teacher? He definitely has this, That'd be so he awesome. has this air of authority when he speaks. I I could definitely listen to his voice for a while. It would be it would be nice and soothing to be in that class. I I want to do you do you happen to know cuz I didn't see it. Do you happen to know what he's teaching? Uh I don't know. I, he is his title his role is leader in residence. Mm, that's specific. Um, he says he's going to be teaching 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 <laughs> teaching and mentoring during this upcoming academic year. Um, I don't know. So there's not really... He's probably going to do like guest lectures and uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're not really advertising what his curriculum is going to be. Um, yeah. So who knows? Man. But... That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, you're going to die or something. Uh, no, we didn't say it at the no. same time. All right. Uh, let's let's talk about this Nomura-ness. Because <laughs> that's... Yes. We we got the announcement that there's going to be a new trailer for Kingdom Hearts Remind, uh, Kingdom Hearts Three Remind on September 10th. So yes, the much anticipated DLC. Yeah, very excited. So sadly, that will be next week after we've. No, it'll be Tuesday. Perfect. Um, so that's happening, and Kingdom Hearts Unchained. That's how you say it, what? right? U- Union Cross. Union Cross. Not Unchained. It used to be Unchained Key, uh, that's, and then it changed that's, to Union Cross. Yeah, uh, I actually think it had a, a third name like in between those, but yeah. No, it's Union Cross right So now. it's getting four new story updates, and mm-hmm. two of them are already written. The other two are going to be worked on after a mysterious new third Kingdom Hearts line is worked on, which yeah. means so, almost nothing. Yeah, there's no way of knowing what this means. Whether it's um, a manga. But I guess Nomura, Tetsuya Nomura has had a new idea for some kind of Kingdom Hearts story that he's going to you tell know, like that is separate from the mobile game and presumably from the PS3 game, or PS4 rather, um, PlayStation, I should say. Um, who know, Who the heck knows what it is? There's literally... It could zero detail yeah. he gave, so it could be absolutely. Yeah, it anything. could be a VR experience. It could be, uh, mm. you know, an ARG. Who knows? Uh, Kingdom Hearts oh, ARG. That'd be weird. Yeah, a uh, a visual novel. I'm still waiting for them to put it in the parks. Man. A text adventure. Something. something. Um. So that's fun. Let's talk about this Destiny Two for a minute. Because okay. I am kind of mad <laughs> about this, because they're essentially taking the Fortnite seasons and putting them into Destiny Two, and that's going to affect the loot you get. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the free artifact for the season that you'll get no matter what. That also affects the loot you're going to get. So there's like. Systems on systems on systems here. <laughs> and Yeah, it's weird. Like they are 
this is how their new model of dis- distributing content is going to be. Because um, they're not doing like quote unquote traditional DLC anymore. I mean, they, they didn't really do it like this previous season pass. Uh, like that's what they called it. The, the right. Yeah. There, there's uh, different downloadable stuff they had. But this is sort of a more traditional kind of um, Apex or Fortnite style season pass uh, where you get different challenges to complete during whatever season is going on. Um, and so I guess it's just it's another way to keep people playing. Um, just another way, uh, another grind you have for gear. It's weird that I agree. It is weird that this game would have that because it almost it sort of almost has that stuff built in with like the daily bounties and the different the daily heroic and weekly heroic stuff that comes out. So it's weird that they are making more of those when the game basically already had them. Um, I'm kind of just mad that this is going to affect loot. Like it's not cosmetic. This is yeah. this is in-game loot that will you are going to have better loot because you pay for the season pass. And I know that because the game is free to play now, they have to make money somehow. But yeah. man, that is it's not scummy because it's I well, don't, it's not I don't... free to play. Like they have re- released the the version that has like all the stuff up to now, and you can download for free. But the the, the season, like the expansions, are you have to buy them to play the content. Right, but the only expansion that you'd have to pay for after the free to play is Shadowkeep. Right, but they're doing more seasons after that that will. That you'll have to pay for, yeah, right? Yeah, the season, those are just seasons, though. They're not like new planets and stuff until they do another big expansion. Hmm. Are you sure? Yeah. I remember, like, reading that they were going away from that model where they would have sporadic big expansions that increase the play area. But I don't know. You could be right. I don't know. It is. It is strange, I think, the way that they're doing it. But you could just look at it as more ways to get to get loot that's already hard to get. So <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the point. Is because like when it launched, it was just like everyone criticized them for there not being enough to do, and so they they're just like taking that to heart. It's like, all right, you say there's not enough to do, we'll give you all of it to do. You will have literally no time to do anything else with all the stuff that there is yeah. to do. Yeah, and there is a ton of stuff to do in the game now. So yeah. And I guess this is all sort of an evolution of what um, the whatever that area was in that that was changing every week when they released the most recent expansion. I can't remember the names of any of this. It shows you how long it's been since I played <laughs> yeah. Destiny. Uh, Fallen something. Forgotten Shore is the name of the place, but well, Forsaken. that was one of them. Yeah, Forsaken. There's the other one. The I don't know. Who yeah, knows? Destiny 2. I don't know if that made me like this more or less. We'll see. I'm still going to – I don't know if I'm going to buy Shadowkeep now. To be honest, there's too much stuff to play. And Borderlands 3 yeah, comes for out. for sure. So. Yeah, you'll have another loot shooter in your life. Yeah. And then after that, you know, you'll probably want to go back to it. Yeah. Um, I'll probably get, get on it at some point too. 
Go back to that moon. Yeah. Fight those wizards. You can, and you can get to the moon for free without buying the moon expansion. You just yeah. can't do the story stuff on it, which, I mean, big loss, I guess. I don't know. The yeah. story might be cool, but I don't have hope in that. Sorry, Destin. Sorry, Bungie. But, man, your game is really fun to play, but the story is not uh, engaging. It's weird. It's It's simultaneously good and bad. Yeah. So, let's talk about this direct, Seth, because okay. that's it's the so. last of our news. Well, there's one more oh, thing. Oh, okay. Uh, well, the Ubisoft uh, subscription service Uplay is now available. Uh, that you can get all their all their hundred ish games. So you know, it's fourteen ninety nine a month, like Game Pass. Mm. Uh, but it's all the Ubisoft games. Uh, is it free for a month or something? I think we talked yeah, about that. Yeah, it's free trial until September thirtieth. So unfortunately, not until it's it's not a, you can you get a free trial whenever you start. So you won't be, I won't be able to play uh, Watch Dogs for free with it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, only fifteen bucks. I'll, I'll probably cop it when uh, Watch Dogs comes out. So I'm not paying full price for it. Is Watch Dogs this year or next year? believe it is yeah, next year. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. I still can't. Oh. All right. So let's talk about this direct because it was just action-packed. The middle of it was, or no, the beginning and end was a little slow, but the middle of it was really yeah. tasty. I will say that I, you know, I thought my initial, my immediate impression afterward um, was that, you know, that was an okay direct. Like, I saw a bunch of people geeking out over it on Twitter, which is cool. Like, it didn't blow me away. Um, but then they had, they, they had a, they tagged on a little mini smash direct onto the end, which, which really hyped me up a lot more. Yeah. I actually didn't watch that. Watch that. Um, oh, yeah. But I know I saw, cause I've seen on Twitter that, Sakurai basically was like, "Hey, if you want to play banjo, you have to have an yes. Xbox." Yes, it was hilarious. He was cracking jokes left and right. It was so funny. He was talking about the history of banjo kazooie, and he's like, "It used to be a Nintendo game, but now it's owned by Microsoft, and the only way you can play it is on Xbox." So, but you should go play it because it's really <laughs> good. But you have to play it on Xbox. It was funny. People were laughing. I guess um, he made a joke about one... uh, their state is like very sad or something because they're in purgatory kind of or yes he was cracking jokes the whole time very good love that man yeah it was it was very entertaining to watch um so let's let's start at the top and remember in order as best as we can um okay so we started with overwatch we'll see coming how that to goes. Switch. yes that was the immediate thing this was, and this was something we talked about last week because it basically got leaked um and luckily, they didn't spend a whole lot of time with it. It was just a trailer, and then they're like, "Overwatch comes." Because what else can you say about uh, it? Yeah, everyone knows Overwatch. Like it's basically u- ubiquitous at this point. Yeah. So you see Overwatch, you know it, you know everything about it. But yeah, it's coming to Switch. People said it couldn't happen, and here it yep. is. Looking at you, Cameron, if you're listening to this. Uh, Next month, it's yep, out. October fifteenth. Um, then we, I think we jumped in the smash after that. We should say that this Nintendo direct was 40 minutes. Long. Yeah. 
It was legitimately longer than their E3. Yeah, we're not going to go too much into everything, but um, yeah. it was Smash or the Kirby game next. But there's a new free-to-start Kirby game that dropped today, and it's like a boss rush mode type game. Yeah, so I, I played a little okay, bit of it. Good. Like It's a legit RPG, actually. Oh, really? Um, I mean, I say legit. It is a free-to-play game. It has timers uh, and um, premium currency that you can spend cash on. Um, but basically, you are you have access to four different classes of Kirby. Like, there's a sword, a hammer, potions, and, like, a wizard. Um, and you go and you fight battles and you get... You, like, win prizes that you can use to... Like, you'll get experience and actually level up your Kirbys and they have different stats. Um, and there is different, like, gear you can buy that increases their strength and their defense and their life and stuff. Um, I mean, so it's it's pretty simplified because it, it's basically a mobile game, but, like, upsized for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised at the amount of depth that is going on. And it's multiplayer. Oh, yeah, um, it's four-player. So... Yeah, so you can just bash some enemies. And I think, like, uh, it provides them... There's, you can easily see the way, like, they can expand on it. Um, like, a- adding different, char- different like, classes of characters and stuff like that. Um, so it's not, like, super in-depth. It's not... Um, Nintendo has done more with their free-to-play stuff before. Uh, but, yeah, you know, for a free game, it's not too bad. But there has been no expansion to uh, their full-pay game, Mario Party. Just uh, throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe they're just going, and rather than expansion, they're just going to make another one. Yeah. Because um, it used to be like a yearly title. That's true. So I don't know. Um, um, also, weird thing about this Kirby game. So I was listening to Game Explains uh, predictions. And one of the dudes legit said that he expected there to be like a free to play Kirby game. What? Um, and so, like, when they showed that, I was immediately keyed in. Like, okay, is any of the other crazy stuff that he that he predicted? Uh, none of that stuff was. So it was it was just like a wild guess that he got correct. But I was like, at the beginning, it got me on the edge of my seat a little bit because <laughs> it was just such a specific thing that you would not think to guess unless he knew that information before yeah yeah i get what you're saying that was a lucky shot in the dark for him uh yeah um then we got a what i initially thought was going to be the announcement of snes games on the switch um but then it was an announcement for uh the snk character that's coming to smash which is yep terry terry bogard from from fatal fury fatal fury Never played any yeah. of those, so... Yeah, this was weird because um, I think this happened after we recorded last week. Yeah, it um, did. Nintendo accidentally leaked this themselves um, because uh, on the UK's Smash Bros. website, a page went up um, for DLC4, and it had like an SNK copyright on it, uh, and so everyone's like, wait a minute, this wasn't there before. Uh, and they quickly removed it, but you know it was in out in the the ether. So everyone, um, we so we basically knew that we were getting an, an SNK character, and basically everyone expected it to be Terry because if they have a, a recognizable character, it's Terry. Um, like I never played Fail Fury, but I 
recognized what he looked like from other games that he's been over been in because they cross over with tons of stuff. Um, so yeah, and it also a lot of people were not too excited about it because SNK is not a huge company right now, but they're kind of they're kind of pioneers in the fighting game scene, um, and so it makes sense the for Sakurai that he would like to have them in here. Um, and even the good thing was for whatever disappointment you had that this was going to be like this character you didn't know was taking up the slot. Um, they then announced that they're making more DLC characters. Yeah. Past the five they've promised. And I, I freaked out. I, uh, yeah. like this is something people had speculated about, but not like with any real, um, like they didn't have any actual, like in insight into whether it was happening or not. It just seemed like something that would make sense for them to do. And for them to officially announcement, and they said multiple. Like it wasn't just there's an extra DLC fighter coming after it. There, but there are multiple fighters that they're going to be developing afterwards. So I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, that's I I I yelled when when they said that. I was I was really excited. That was that was the main thing. I I I feel like people that are really negative about some characters being in Smash can be surprised and still like that character. So like yeah. I'm. I think I remember um, when Ryu was initially announced. I wasn't like I thought it was funny and neat, but I wasn't hype about it. Yeah, like like it was a cool thing because Ryu is an iconic character, but also it's like yeah, if you're not like big on fighting games, that's not something that you would get super hyped about. And it's similar with Terry. Like it's cool that he's in there, but it makes it. Like, I, I can be a lot more pleased with it knowing that there are going to be more fighters. Yeah, exactly. After that. Also, then, they just, like, nonchalantly said that Banjo-Kazooie is going to be out today. Yeah. W- which I then freaked out about. In the weirdest uh, way. And there was also, there was this weird line, because they were talking about it. And then they, it was something like... Um, Fall is coming to Nintendo Switch. No, but there was this line that I don't know if they meant, if it meant anything... Um, but it was something like, um, you can play with this while you wait for Banjo-Kazooie to come out. And like, they phrase it in such a way that it sounded like Banjo-Kazooie is going to be coming out on Switch. Like, I don't think that's what they intended, I'll have to, but maybe, I don't know. We it need was to do weird. a slow-mo rewind and challenge yeah. the announcement. Cause I remember hearing it and I was like, what <laughs> did you just like? Tell me that this game is going to be on here. Uh, so that's not an actual announcement, but it is something that I heard that was very strange to me at the time. Um, let's see. Then they announced that the uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions hashtag FE is coming to. I don't think it's a hashtag. I think it's like it's cross. Oh, okay. I think that's the word. That doesn't make sense. It's a the name of this game is nonsensical. <laughs> I just know it as. Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Okay. Um, but it's getting uh, a... The Wii U game. Remaster. Yeah. Uh, a definitive edition, basically. It's going to have new characters and new story stuff. Um, and it's going to be on Switch. Uh, so I this I think this is pretty cool. Um, this is apparently a very underrated game that was on Wii U that no one played. Um, like most of the Wii U games. A, yeah, true. Uh, I, I saw this this list that Kotaku did. Yeah, they... it, it's all all the Nintendo games, the Wii U games that have been ported, and it's like 
over half of the games Nintendo published on Wii U have been ported. Yeah. Um, and a lot, and ones that didn't got have have received sequels. Uh, and also, there's Star Fox. They're waiting for Super Mario 3D Land. That's probably gonna happen. That honestly. game, I did not get to play it. So, yep. Honestly, though, uh, this is cool. Um, this is a game that when it was announced, just as Fire Emblem slash Shin Megami Tensei, I was interested in. And then when I saw it and played the demo, I was like, nah, I don't want to play this. Uh, but after playing Persona, <laughs> yeah, this uh, is... I'm a lot more I'm reinterested in playing this, and I'm glad that it's coming out on Switch with new stuff. Yeah, it's it looks really exciting. Um, in between that, they actually announced that uh, like Divinity Original Sin Two is coming out today, and I got confused because I thought the Tokyo Mirage Sessions is what was coming out today, um, mm-hmm. but no, Divinity Original Sin no. Two is available today. Um, and yeah. around there they that's a that's a surprising game yeah too. that's I'm surprised it runs on switch uh yeah for sure so. that's also like that's like a game that's designed to be played on computer <laughs> like pc with like a mouse and keyboard yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how that yeah, works yeah for real uh i I'm really excited to um see how this little town hero game shakes out. So Game mm-hmm. Freak's game that they teased a couple directs ago, Town, uh, now has a title, and it's coming out, like, next month. Um, yep. And it's called Little Town Hero. And yeah, I have some thoughts on this. I, okay. um, first of all, I think the game looks gorgeous. Uh, all right, I agree with you. somehow probably looks better than Sword and Shield do from the stuff they've shown us. Um, but that might just be because of the way, like... It's easier to do an art style in like a highly condensed uh, yeah, world. I was about to say, this is like um, their battles in one spot, so it's probably a little yeah. easier. Uh, the, the battle system they showed off looked interesting. Like They definitely tip, didn't tip their hand too much as to what's going on. Uh, I think this is going to be a smaller title. Um, yeah, it's eShop only. Like Yeah, despite its lush visuals, um, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be that big because it's only going to be $25. Um, so we're not looking like at a full blown major release. Um, I think that the name town was better. I agree with you. Um, I guess it's a lot more ambiguous than little town hero, but I think it, it, uh, just the, the simplicity has a, has a sort of elegance. Um, I'm excited. I'm definitely going to get this game. Also, they, there's this insane announcement that the music in this game was composed by toby yeah, fox which is dope. the guy who did the undertale music <sighs> um like that is so good that was insane I, that um, i popped pretty hard like, for that that's nothing i would i would ever predict to happen like game freak is such a hardcore japanese company to bring over this dude this indie game developer slash composer to do the music i mean it's awesome it makes me even more excited for this game. Like I was, you know, I was int- intrigued by it, and now I'm like stoked at, just because of the music. Um, and who would have thought that, that would be that would not be the last time Toby Fox was in this direct? Yeah, um, they they this. I don't think they announced it in the direct, did they? Well, um, well, the, it was in the Smash. Yeah, portion. the Smash. The that Sands is a. Uh, a me fighter for the me fighter gun. Yeah. Yep, and it came with the um well, 
let's continue to go in order. Okay. Okay. So okay. we don't like. Um, we're not getting that. So we'll, we'll do the big three uh, Nintendo published games. Uh, they did a Animal Crossing trailer that kind of just doubled down on the crafting and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It looks a lot like Stardew Valley, but Animal Crossing, which is cool, um, like yep. with farming and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a weird Pokemon camp mode where you can make curry over like a hundred different types of curry for your Pokemon. Yes. They, there's a curry decks along with the Pokemon. Yeah. That's, I don't know where this came. Like I, I, this is probably inspired by breath of the also wild. I had no clue that curry um, was a big thing in the UK, but I guess it is. Me either. Uh, uh I don't know. also there are specifically, they showed off that one of the things you can make is sausage curry. Which has led to a lot of questions on the As internet to what the about is. what the sausage is. Is it? I mean, we know it's Pokemon. It has to but be. What kind? Which? Yeah, that's Pokemon? true. It's probably a pig Pokemon. Yeah. Oh man! But is it? It's it's just this, that's a weird thing about Pokemon that they don't ever talk about, but they sort of they'll talk around it. But you know, people are eating Pokemon. Yeah, for sure. Which is crazy, because it's like eating your dog that you raised. <laughs> um, Which is probably why they don't talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it's too weird. Uh, and then Luigi's Mansion 3 got some good love. Uh, mm-hmm. The it, They showed off that each floor of the hotel is themed. and Yeah, this, look, this looks real Yeah, cool. it was really exciting. Uh, and it also showed off the uh, 4v4 Scream Park mode where yeah. a team of four Luigi's is going to go up against a team of four Gooigi's and battle it out and catch ghosts versus each other. Yeah, it's like a party mode. It looks very hectic. Yeah, very fun, though. I'm Man, I'm all in on this game. I'm so excited for this game. Oh, I love Luigi's Mansion. So, so good. Um, yep. But yeah, that's the that was the news from the main three. Also, the Pokemon game had a Pokemon called Poltegeist, and yeah. the I can't remember the name of the bird, but that bird looked stupid. Uh, but I loved him. Yeah, it was Cramorant, yeah. like Cormorant. This was weird because I think um, people have talked a lot over the years about the way Game Freak's art style has changed when it comes to designing Pokemon. Uh, these two were like exhibit 1A for me because the two Pokemon they do not look like Pokemon. Nope. That, like, of any shape that I've ever seen before. Um, that's not to say they look like Digimon or anything, but, like, Cramorants especially looked like a completely different art style. It yeah, was, it's very weird unsettling to me when i saw that i was like wait what because like they the showed Pulte- him off in a battle against a Krogunk, who is a gen 4 pokemon and like it was it did not look like they were from the same franchise now the pulte guys looks like a digimon in my opinion yeah that's just because of like it doesn't really have anything going on it doesn't like have facial features right i think that's just there's yeah uh, I, it's definitely more Digimon-esque. Uh, and there have been Pokemon that have basically been Digimon. Um, I don't know that it looked like a Digimon to me, but it, it was definitely weird. So, I don't know. We'll see what they do with the rest of them. Because the ones they've showed up before have mostly looked 
like Pokemon. But they, I guess if you think about it, a lot of them have also been weird. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're. Maybe they're doing that intentionally. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. That's giving them a lot of credit. Um, yeah. Let's see. A couple of there's a there's a good Trials of Mana trailer. That game looks interesting mm-hmm. and good. Uh, yep. More fluff up for Dragon Quest Eleven S because that's coming soon. And yep. Return of this is the thing that it um. Uh, this is why I was sort of not super hyped in the middle of this, uh, because they showed a lot of stuff that we that we had seen before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, like with Luigi's Mansion, with Animal Crossing, and with Pokemon, it was new stuff they hadn't showed up, but it was still like, like yeah, it's cool. But I know about all these games, um, so that's why like it didn't have super, as much hype for me with this one, despite moments that I was very hyped. Yeah. Uh, and then they announced that Return of the Obra Dinn is coming to Switch. Yeah, this is one I was excited yeah, for. Yeah, because that game is supposed to be like... People said it was like the best game that came out last Yeah, year. and it got nominated for a ton of game awards. Yeah. Uh, Previously categories. only on PC, uh, we found out that it was also announced elsewhere that it's going to be on Xbox One and PS4. Oh, really? Well, yeah. you know, that's fine. Uh, uh, it's definitely something I'll probably play on the Switch because... You know, it's it's a puzzle game, so... Yeah. Now, see, to me, I actually think the opposite. I think because of the, the visual style, I think it would it will look better on a big screen. Mm. All right. I don't know. Um, and then we got the announcement that Super Nintendo games are coming to the Switch starting yes. tomorrow. Finally. It's the one-year anniversary of the announcement of... Uh, Nintendo Switch Online um, and after months of them giving us garbage on NES Online we finally have n- new stuff to look forward to um, so that's super cool I was kind of I wasn't surprised that Kirby Superstar was not included in the in this initial batch but I'm, it, it's certainly going to come out eventually but that's cool I'm, I'm glad it's coming out tomorrow hyped for it it's about time. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to play Yoshi's Island again for the uh, possible like thousandth oh, yeah. time. Oh yeah. So be prepared to hear about that next week uh, if yep. you ever wanted to. Maybe I'll finally get around to playing Breath of Fire because it's like one that I've wanted to Is play. Is it on the initial list? Yeah. Oh, nice. I am really hoping Super Mario RPG comes to it because I tried playing it on my. Super Nintendo Classic, and it's mm-hmm. just like it's hard to sit down and play an RPG like that <laughs> on a TV, yeah. and I have to keep coming back to it. I think it's safe to assume that all of the games that are on the Super Nintendo Classic will come to this. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not Star Fox Two. Yeah, because I think that was like a big deal. Like it's it's exclusive to the, the Super SNES Classic, so I don't know if that will come. But I think the rest of the games. Um, it's a pretty safe bet that those will all be on there. Yeah. Um, so Seth, you watched the, um, what was the last announcement? I'm blanking really hard. Well, okay. So there were some other ones. Um, there's, uh, Demon X Machina as new demo came out. Um, hopefully it's better than the original one. Um, 
they announced that Tetris 99 is getting a new mode that you can only play if you've won uh, Tetris 99 before. I kind of did. Uh, which I have this. multiple times. I literally did that before the direct started. Yeah, super cool. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, and they're, they're also adding like um, new stuff that you can unlock uh, and different more skins you can get. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. Um, the final thing that they showed off is a HD remake of Xenoblade Chronicles. Which um, is nuts. I am super excited for this. I actually, ex- I thought that they would re-release Xenoblade Chronicles X on Switch before they would do this. Um, just because of the way they're porting all the Wii U games. And X is a really cool game. And it, like visually, it holds up a lot better than Xenoblade Chronicles does. But I am so pumped for this. Uh, hopefully, third time will be the charm with this game. Um, and I'll actually be able, I'll actually get through the whole thing. Did you never beat um, it? No, I did not. I played it the first time I played it. Um, I got, what was it? I got about, I don't know, maybe like 40% through the game. And then I put it down and never came back to it. Started over, got a lot farther in the game, but for some reason still did not finish it. The thing um, is it looked like butt on any screen because yeah. it was a Wii game. It's the environments I think are still because they work as a really like evocative um and they there there's so many like disparate looking places that you can go. Um the the Wii game to me is is still playable just because um like while visually it doesn't like character models and stuff don't necessarily hold up. Um like it has an art style that knows its limitations and works within them. Uh, and also the music is just incredible. Um, but like I, I've seen some screenshots of like comparisons of one-on-one comparisons from the scenes they've shown. And it's like, it's straight up gorgeous. Yeah, I am so excited for this game, um, man. And I can't wait to see how they um, remaster or, or rearrange some of those, um, some of the music in that. Um, Man, and apparently there's also, uh, they showed off, there was like the very end of the trailer was this um, shot of Shulk and one of the other characters, uh, Melia, like looking over this um, overlook. That was a terrible sentence. Um, But the thing is, the area they're in was not actually in the original one, but it was like content that's in the game that was cut. Um, so this is not only a remake, they are adding in content that was not in the original game, um, which is insane because the original game was gigantaballs. Um, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm super glad this is happening. Um, yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles definitive edition coming in 2020. It'll be good. It was a bit of a strange thing to end the direct on. Because it's not like a blow you away announcement, but it is still super cool. Yeah. And then they went right into Sakurai's presentation of uh, Banjo-Kazooie and some of the other stuff, which included um, Sans as a me costume and a remix of Megalovania in Smash Bros., which is nuts. Uh 
Sakurai specifically called out his work working with Grant Kirkhope and with Toby Fox on the music, and that was cool, um, and that was dope. <laughs> yeah, so that Megalovania remix, it's it goes hard. Yeah, I listen. I got to hear it through your mic yeah. before we start recording. Um, but uh, was there was there any other news you wanted to uh, throw out there? Oh shoot, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty pretty exhausting day. 40 minutes, man. It's a, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, with with that, we I want you to go and uh, hopefully your friends are still there ready to get whooped yeah. up on and smashed. Oh, we'll see. Um, and with that, we will uh, see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.